Nearly 150 companies could get delisted from U.S. markets if they fail to follow audit rules. Nike becomes the latest Western company to retreat from China. Its Run Club app is soon going offline for users in the country. A brutal attack on women sparks national outrage. An expert says it's far from a one-off incident and blames it on what he calls a systemic problem. Virus restrictions return to Beijing after hundreds of COVID-19 infective cases were discovered, all linked to the same bar. Protests break out. And new issues arise in Hong Kong. English teachers there are being asked to swear allegiance to the Chinese regime, even if they're from the U.S., U.K. or other foreign countries. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Auditing rules may kick nearly 150 China-based companies out of the U.S. stock market. As of Friday, the list compiled by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, covered roughly 60 percent of Chinese companies listed in the U.S. And that lineup could get bigger. An act from 2020 required all publicly traded companies in the U.S. to have their auditors inspected by the SEC. Starting December 18, 2020, those that failed to comply for three straight fiscal years would be delisted. China has repeatedly blocked those inspections for its companies, citing national security concerns. But the SEC's pressure may finally be sinking in. According to an SEC official, the department started a pilot inspection of a Chinese audit firm in 2016, but was unable to complete it. That's because it said Chinese authorities covered and laundered information. Now facing mass delisting of Chinese companies, Chinese authorities signed an audit agreement with the SEC in late May, aiming to stay listed. An SEC official noted that the move will only be a first step. But Congress is pushing for faster action. The House of Representatives and the Senate have separately passed legislation to delist non-compliant companies after two years instead of three. That's as pressure to decouple the Chinese and American markets ramps up. According to official data, as of the end of March, over 250 Chinese companies are listed on the three largest U.S. exchanges, with a total market capitalization of $1.3 trillion. Nike is shutting down its Run Club app in China. The announcement makes Nike the latest Western company to start retreating from China. Experts say the country's stringent COVID-19 lockdown policy is forcing foreign companies to reassess their offerings to the Chinese market. The U.S. sportswear giant's Run Club app will complete its journey in China next month. Nike posted a notice to runners in China saying the app will cease service and operation there starting July 8th. But the company added it will continue to serve Chinese runners with an enhanced and localized digital solution in the future. The Nike Run Club app, or NRC, was the first running app launched in China. It has over 8 million registered users, with a total jogging record of 370 million miles. Nike did not explain what considerations led to the decision, but an expert says China's COVID-19 lockdown measures are a major factor. The major problem with the market is the uncertainty caused by zero COVID policy. Nobody knows how long the lockdowns would last. 
they seem endlessly long. Besides, because lockdowns can happen quite often, the cost of operating a business in China is very high, but profits are minimal. If you don't let people go out, what's the use of a running app? Nike is the latest Western tech-related company to reduce its business in China in the past year. This summer, vacation rental company Airbnb will also take down its listings in China. It will concentrate instead on outbound travelers. What's more, Amazon recently announced plans to shut down its digital Kindle bookstore in China, while last October, professional social media site LinkedIn said that it would shut down the local version of its platform in China. It cited a significantly more challenging operating environment and compliance hurdles. Zheng pointed out that when political uncertainty in China doesn't change, neither will the country's long and short-term business prospects, which he noted are not currently optimistic. Nine men were arrested over the weekend after graphic footage of a brutal attack on women sparked national outrage. The incident triggered heated discussion over safety issues in China. An expert says it's not a matter of a single case in China, but rather part of a systems problem. Here's more. A late night dinner turned violent in northern China. Graphic surveillance video of what follows unleashed fear and outrage across the country. It shows a man approaching one of the women. He touches her back, an unwanted advance. She pushes him away. He slaps her in response. The assault escalates. A scuffle breaks out as she and her friends try to defend themselves. The woman is dragged outside by her hair, hit with a beer bottle. The men relentlessly kick her as one yells, beat her to death. Her friend's head hits the pavement with a thud. The viral video sparked uproar, not just over the brazen brutality of the attack, but the indifference from bystanders, with only women seen intervening. A woman at the scene called the police and told authorities the following. According to state media, before this happened, I always thought that going out to dinner at night was a perfectly normal thing. But now I have some sort of PTSD. Authorities said Saturday that two women sustained severe injuries were being treated at a hospital. Two other women suffered minor injuries. After the incident was exposed online, more than 10 people reported similar cases on social media. One woman from the same city said a gang had kidnapped and held her hostage for 16 hours, beating her during that time. She also said the gang was under the protection of local police. Soon after, local police called her asking that she delete the post. The woman recorded the call and posted it online. U.S.-based China Affairs analyst Tang Jingyuan says the incident isn't a one-off. He says it reflects a common problem in Chinese society, one he says is the result of decades of the Chinese communist regime's rule. He notes that the regime has instilled the idea in people that power is truth, meaning if you have power, you can make your words come true by making people believe them. The public worships power, kneels to power, and bullies the weak. Instead of being ashamed, people are proud of it. It is this social ethos and value orientation that the Chinese Communist Party has instilled for many years, that power is the ultimate truth. So far, authorities have detained nine people involved in the restaurant incident. Local police have ramped up patrols on the streets in the area. 
Authorities claim the woman and her friend are in stable condition. Yet unverified videos show what is believed to be one of their brutally beaten bodies lying motionless on a gurney in the hospital, bloodied and bandaged. One person who claimed to be an insider even said one of the women died of her injuries. That claim remains unconfirmed as media have been blocked from talking to the victims and their families. A rare move in Shanghai Monday, hundreds of business owners in the financial hub took to the streets to protest local COVID-19 restrictions. Shanghai eased its strict lockdown two weeks ago, but many shops are still shuttered under current rules. Because of it, some business owners are demanding the same benefits as state-owned companies have received. Six months of rent relief. The protest was suppressed by police. The recent COVID-19 outbreak in Beijing has prompted another round of lockdowns. Large swaths of bars and other entertainment venues were shut down. Local authorities have contact traced more than 10,000 who have come into close contact with infected patients. Their residential compounds have been shuttered, with many schools switching their recently resumed in-person classes to virtual ones again. Citizens are calling it unacceptable as public anger sparks. Just days ago, hundreds took to the street shouting, lift the blockades. Protests erupted under the pressure of another round of stay-at-home orders. Many policemen on the scene were caught on video brutalizing demonstrators. Life for commuters also took a severe hit. Now, people living in the outskirts of Beijing are prohibited from entering the city. The city's business operations are also taking a hit under the strict measures. And the Universal Beijing Resort, also known as Beijing's branch of Universal Studios, is no exception. The theme park and resort is one of the largest U.S. entertainment investments in China. But the icon has been forced to postpone its reopening date. It previously closed down on May 1st due to China's zero COVID-19 policy. Imagine this, you work in a foreign country and your boss tells you you have to swear allegiance to their government or else you'll be fired. What would you do? Well, a not too different scenario has come up for many English teachers in Hong Kong. And it is Don Ma has the details. Hong Kong officials are ordering foreign English language teachers working in government schools to sign a declaration squaring allegiance to the city. China expert David Zhang and host of Epoch TV's China Insider says having foreign teachers swear allegiance is to keep them in line with Chinese laws. They want to prevent foreigners who are not bound or have not traditionally been bound by uh, these Chinese measures to say things or educate uh, children on the issues that would be deemed politically sensitive in China. They're trying to prevent anybody that wants to talk out of line, so to speak. But in Hong Kong, what does violating Chinese laws really mean? That's when people differ from the Chinese Communist Party's narratives. As part of that CCP-approved narrative, the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre was a legitimate crackdown on riots by soldiers, 
Taiwan is part of China, and the U.S. is causing trouble by helping Taiwan strengthen its military. Beijing is legally cracking down on the Tibetan and Uyghur separatists. And there are no labor camps in China, only vocation camps that teach workforce skills. Under Chinese law, anyone who disagrees with these statements and says so publicly is considered to be damaging social stability and can be sentenced to prison. And as for Hong Kong's foreign teachers, anyone who doesn't sign the declaration, Hong Kong's Education Bureau will take action to terminate their employment. Zhang says forcing teachers to swear allegiance has an impact on what students will be able to learn in Hong Kong. Freedom of speech in education or what they teach in education in Hong Kong is going to be totally controlled. So June 4th is a prime example of this. It's very politically sensitive in China. Now that you swore allegiance to Hong Kong, you're gonna not going to talk about this in your lessons or your lectures. Following the passing of the Hong Kong National Security Law, authorities gradually started ordering government employees to take an oath. Those who take it swear to uphold Hong Kong's constitution, bear allegiance to Hong Kong, and be responsible to the Hong Kong government. It really just means allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party after China took over Hong Kong with the national security law. So you're really not swearing allegiance to Hong Kong, but you're actually swearing allegiance to the government behind Hong Kong, which is the Chinese Communist Party. The requirement of foreign English language teachers to swear allegiance applies to those whose contract started after July 1st, 2020, which is the first day that the Hong Kong national security law was put in place. Don Ma, NTD News. In dozens of cities across Taiwan, the U.S. and the U.K., people came out over the weekend to commemorate the third anniversary of a major pro-democracy rally in Hong Kong. On June 12, 2019, 40,000 Hong Kong residents gathered outside the government headquarters. They were trying to prevent a piece of legislature containing the now-famed extradition bill from passing. To stem the demonstration, police deployed tear gas and used rubber bullets. Coming up, China is set to launch its most advanced aircraft carrier yet. But what's really at stake? And will the mammoth warship be a threat to the U.S.? More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. China is delaying the launch of its Type 3 aircraft carrier, the long-awaited next-generation warship designed to compete with the United States. So why the delay? We hear from China insider's David Zhang, who spoke to former naval officer Michael Chizik for more. China's most advanced aircraft carrier to date was expected to launch earlier this month. But it's now facing delays after Chinese authorities said that more work was needed before the vessel would be ready. The newly developed Type 003 carrier has been under construction since 2018. It's different from the regime's two other carriers in that it'll be equipped with electromagnetic launch catapults, allowing it to field aircraft with heavier payloads and more fuel. So far, only the U.S. and France have aircraft carriers equipped with such catapult systems. It's important to remember that um, China's goal of being a blue water navy, you know, it requires a certain number of things. One of them is, is an aircraft carrier because of the power projection. Former naval officer Michael Chizek told NTD that developing its aircraft carrier is key to China's goal of naval dominance. The aircraft carrier, 
uh, is essential because it's you know the center of the carrier strike group, um, usually surrounded by destroyers and cruisers, which have uh, um, in the United States Navy Tomahawk missiles, so it can project power um, way out there on the other side of the world. The U.S. Department of Defense estimates the carrier won't be fully operational until 2024. But Chizek says that it's a first step for the Chinese regime. And especially if they can start um, bringing fifth generation fighters into the fold too to combat the U.S. F-35s that are currently carrier born. Um, you know, they'll be a formidable opponent, but it's still in the early stages right now. And one carrier is not going to make a difference uh, as opposed to, you know, the United States, which operates much, much more. The expected launch of the new Chinese carrier comes as tensions rise in the South China Sea. The U.S. has been increasing its focus on the strategically vital waterway. Right now, China sees what the U.S. is doing in uh, the South China Sea, um, encouraging freedom of navigation um, missions, and the United States is, is committed to ensuring that free trade is able to, to move freely throughout that region. So I think this is just a way of China, um, again, projecting its power and showing the world that, hey, we're not that far behind you. China currently has the largest navy in the world in terms of ship numbers, although its capabilities still fall short of the U.S. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall last month said that China's military was developing its force with the specific intent of overcoming U.S. forces and ejecting the American presence from the Western Pacific. A military base under construction in the South China Sea and its tie to the Chinese Communist Party. A Chinese-funded upgrade to a Cambodian naval base broke ground on Wednesday. Western media have been reporting on Beijing's alleged helping of Cambodia to secretly build onto a naval base there. Beijing now admits to its involvement. The project stands to bring big changes to the region, militarily and economically. The Chinese ambassador to Cambodia spoke at the groundbreaking ceremony. He said upgrading the base is not targeted at any third party and described the military cooperation as part of the two countries' ironclad partnership. But not everyone agrees. Western countries have expressed concerns that Beijing is seeking a military outpost in the disputed South China Sea. Cambodia's defense minister has dismissed those claims, stressing that his country is open to development assistance from other nations. Cambodia's naval base occupies a strategic position close to both the South China Sea and the Malacca Strait. Just a day before crews broke ground on the project, the Washington Post cited unnamed Western officials as saying that China is secretly building a Chinese naval facility on the northern portion of the Cambodian base, slated for exclusive use by Beijing's military. Since 2010, the naval base has been a site for U.S.-Cambodia annual military drills. That's until 2017, when Cambodia suspended the cooperation. Many believe China is to blame for the suspension, because in December 2016, China and Cambodia held their first joint military exercise. In 2019, the U.S. first mentioned that China was planning to establish a naval base in Cambodia. The U.S.-based Asia Maritime Transparency Initiative, or AMTI, is an Asia-focused information source. AMTI released satellite image one year later in 2020, showing that Cambodia had dismantled some of its U.S.-built facilities at the base. Early this year, AMTI also noted that dredgers had appeared at the base, seemingly tasked with deepening the port's waters. 
It's commonly believed that deep water ports are more suitable for naval use. China denied the claim. Currently, China's military has only one overseas base in the African country of Djibouti. If upgraded with a Chinese facility, Cambodia's naval base will become China's second overseas base and the first in the Indo-Pacific region. Cambodia's naval base would also give Beijing the ability to cover the vital sea lanes connecting the Pacific and Indian Oceans. What's more, China is the world's largest oil importer. 85% of its oil imports arrive by sea, and many of those shipments pass through the Malacca Strait, nearby the Cambodian naval base. Chinese state-run television broadcaster CGTN is taking a heavy blow in Europe. CGTN has been found guilty of violating British regulations. That's in its coverage of former UK journalist Peter Humphrey's reporting on forced prison labor in China. Humphrey reported on a young London girl who found a message from prisoners in a Shanghai jail hidden in a Christmas card. CGTN accused Humphrey of fabricating the report in a 30-minute hit piece in December 2019. UK broadcast regulator Ofcom ruled CGTN treated Humphrey unfairly and unjustly. Ofcom revoked CGTN's broadcasting license in March 2021 for being illegally controlled by a political body, the Chinese Communist Party. This is not the first confrontation between CGTN and Peter Humphrey. Last year, Ofcom imposed around a $140,000 fine on CGTN for airing a forced confession from Peter Humphrey. Humphrey worked for a business risk consultancy in China. He was in prison in the country for two years for what Chinese authorities called collecting private information on Chinese citizens. But the case is believed to have a shady political background. Peter Humphrey was interviewed by China state-run broadcaster CCTV while awaiting trial in 2013. He was forced to confess to his so-called crimes on screen. Disney Pixar's latest film won't be hitting screens in 14 countries. The Toy Story prequel, titled Lightyear, has failed to get permission to air in those nations. And now, sources said Monday, the animated film appears unlikely to open in China, the world's largest movie market. Let's zoom in. You are clear for- Disney Pixar's new Toy Story spin-off Lightyear won't play in at least 14 countries, where the film faces controversy over its depiction of a same-sex couple. Lightyear producer Galen Sussman told Reuters Monday that the film also might not be able to open in China, the world's largest movie market, after authorities there asked for cuts, which Disney declined to make. We haven't heard from China. I'm assuming that it will not make it through China. I know that we've gotten requests for things to cut. Um, Disney isn't going to modify the material. We're not going to cut out anything, especially something as important as the loving and inspirational relationship that shows Buzz what he's missing by the choices that he's making. One industry source told Reuters that China isn't a make-or-break market for Pixar, and Comscore data showed that Toy Story 4 only made 3% of its $1 billion box office there. In many of the countries which have outright banned Lightyear, homosexuality is considered criminal. The United Arab Emirates is one of them, claiming the film violates its media content standards for movies. Representatives of other countries which have banned the movie, including Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Indonesia, Malaysia and Lebanon, did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Lightyear makes its debut in the United States and Canada on Friday. 
That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus@ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching, and see you tomorrow. Presenting the heritage of traditional Chinese martial arts, promoting martial ethics, and reviving the true tradition. The 2022 NTD International Traditional Chinese Martial Arts Competition Preliminaries will be held in New York and Taiwan on August 28th. The finals will be broadcast live online worldwide. Registration hotline 18847792289228. For more information, please visit martialarts.ntdtv.com.